0: 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: hey and welcome to the podcast i'm josh clark there's charles w chuck bryant and jerry so it's stuff you should know
0: yep widespread panic <laughs> yeah did you see that video no which one there was a dude this was just like two days ago that went up on stage and attacked the band
1: oh no i didn't see that
0: yeah and they've got the whole thing and it was during one of the really repetitive drony parts of a song <laughs> and uh I haven't seen an explanation, but that there was. I went to the widespread panic Facebook thing because mm-hmm. there was a big thread about people talking about it, and I just said "hero." <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, and I had people gangpiling me, going "hero." That's hilarious. Dangerous you troll. I thought it was pretty funny.
1: <laughs> he attacked the members of
0: the band. Yeah, like uh, physically, and I couldn't quite. He attacked the drummer, and he was upset. And wow, I don't know if that part of the song made him snap. But it was definitely one of those repetitive, donk, dunk, 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 over and over <laughs> oh, really? and over. Yeah. He's like, stop. <laughs> but he was at the show, so that'd be weird unless he went there to attack them. Yeah. That's probably the bath salts. Maybe so. So we're not talking about
1: that kind of panic.
0: That's <laughs> more a psychotic break. And this is not widespread at all. It's very individualized panic.
1: It is, but it turns out people suffering from this is kind of widespread. How about that? So it fits a little bit. Sure. Uh, Instead, um, we're talking about panic attacks and the combination of panic attacks or the culmination of panic attacks that can lead to something called panic disorder. Yeah. And it is a sucky mental condition that about 2.8% of Americans, which is a pretty significant amount of people. Yeah, so, that's
0: that's more than bipolar, which we've covered, Yeah, and schizophrenia.
1: Yeah, and OCD, which we, well, we've covered all three of those. Yeah. Um, so that's a pretty significant amount of people who suffer from panic disorder. Right. Uh, but that's different than just plain old panic attacks. Even though to have panic disorder, you have to have panic attacks, but if you have panic attacks, you don't necessarily have panic disorder, right? Right,
0: exactly. And I've had two experiences, which I'll talk about at some point through the show, not personally, but... uh Emily had a panic attack once, and uh, a friend in college had a panic attack, a roommate. Yeah. And neither one of them had panic disorders. It was just an isolated incident.
1: Yeah. So apparently that's, I don't know if common's the right word. Yeah. But people do have panic attacks, and they but they, they that might be the only one they ever have for their entire lives. I hope so. Which makes the whole thing kind of mysterious. And we should say, like, science does not know w- w- what exactly is going on here. They have some theories, yeah, but there's there's no there's no way to predict what's happening. They don't even know if it's genetic or what, or yeah. environmental.
0: Well, they finally isolated a gene last year. Uh, I guess I can go ahead and talk about that now. Okay, in December 2013, they isolated the gene, and you know, genes are always so boring with their names, unless it's uh, Simmons. That's right. The NKRT3 uh, they think may be responsible. Um, because its presence appears to cause an overestimation of fear and danger and an overactivation of the hippocampus and amygdala. So basically, uh, if you have this gene, you're going to exaggerate your fear overall. Okay. But they, they, it's not like they're saying they prove that's the cause. Right. But that is a good step in scientifically in the right direction.
1: That's a huge step. Yeah. Because, I mean, that does sound very much like what a panic attack is. A panic attack is where you experience a uh, very pronounced sense of fear, mm-hmm. and basically your fight or flight symptoms, response, and really from what I can understand, your flight response. Yeah. Like you're not in a position to fight or freeze, because you know now these days it's fight, flight, or freeze. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: I don't think I knew that. Yeah,
1: there's a third option
0: now. Um,
1: like and, stop, I, drop, I, and roll?
0: Kind of, yeah. Oh, no, wait, those aren't options. That's a sequence.
1: Right. This is. These are options. So (laughs) when you're confronted with danger.
0: Nick Thune, our buddy, the comedian.
1: Dude, have you seen his Honda Fit ads? Yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah. I was like, that's Nick Thune, and he's on like Miss America.
0: Yeah. The first thing I always think about is, good for you. Cash those checks, baby. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he has that funny bit on stop, drop, and roll, and like they they needed to continue that, like keep rolling. (laughs) Right. He's like, that's kind of key. Don't stop, drop, and roll, because you'll be consumed by fire. You need to keep rolling. Right. (laughs) Until you get to a door. Yeah. It's very funny stuff. So this is a little different. Fight, flight, or freeze.
1: Yeah. What, what's, so how does freeze factor in? Like you just freeze up and oh, okay. toast. It's oh, the, it's yeah, that the makes least sense. beneficial of all of the, these adaptations to danger. But basically, uh, when you're, when you're confronted with danger, you can either fight, fly,
0: or freeze. That makes total sense. I don't know why freeze was never in there to begin with. Yeah. Cause so many people freeze. They just added on in the last couple of years. I think I'm a flyer or a freezer for
1: sure. It depends. I don't know if do you think there's a personality type? Oh boy, I don't know. Um you know, don't you think it's possibly like just what your body chemistry happens to be doing right then? No, I think some people are more inclined to fight for sure. Okay. Well, with panic attacks, you're flying. Yeah. Like that's your only that's your jam right there. Yeah. Um and you're experiencing it in the exact same way that somebody's coming to mug you, right? or has pulled a knife on you and you're running away, or there's a lion chasing you, except and this is the key to panic attack. There is no lion, there is no mugger, yeah. there's no knife, there's no discernible reason for you to be experiencing the sudden onset of crippling fear, um,
0: but you're experiencing it nonetheless. That's a- right. No, no f- tangible thing happening right in that moment. Right.
1: So... When you come out of it, and these things can – they peak within about 10 minutes, but these the symptoms can last for an hour or more. Um, when you come out of it, you're like, I don't ever want that to happen again. Yeah. The place that I, this just happened, say the park, I'm never going back to because yeah. now I associate it with this. Because what you're doing when you experience fear, you're learning to stay away from something. Yeah. So whether you want to or not, you've just been conditioned to fear the place that you just were. Sure. Cuz you had a panic attack. Um and then lastly, you think possibly you're crazy.
0: Yeah, or having a heart attack. Yeah. That's uh both both of the uh, my uh wife and my friend both thought they were having heart attacks. Yeah. Which is super scary. And we'll get to the difference later on, but um I guess we should talk about just some of the initial symptoms of a panic attack. The old DSM, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, lists uh, looks like about 10 symptoms. And if you have at least four of these, you may be having a panic attack, which is uh, heart pounding, shaking, dizziness, sweating, choking feeling, nausea, shallow or short breath, chest pain, numbness or tingling, chills and hot flashes, uh, feeling of unreality, uh, feeling like you're going crazy or feeling like you're about to die. Yeah. You got four of
1: those? You're having a panic attack. Yes. Um, and if you have four panic attacks within four weeks. Yeah. Or you have one panic attack and then fear having another panic attack for about a month or so. Yeah. Then you can be diagnosed with what's called panic disorder.
0: So, uh, if you listen to our fear podcast, which was a really good one, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of the same as a panic attack. Um, we covered your, your autonomic nervous system is what maintains all the functions in your body, the involuntary functions in your body, that is. And it's going to take signals from your central nervous system. Uh, it's going to regulate your organs. That's why you don't have to tell your heart to beat or your kidneys to work. Yeah. Uh, it's or all
1: your pancreas to secrete stuff.
0: <laughs> That's right. It's your autonomic uh, nervous system, and it has two parts, the sympathetic and parasympathetic. And your parasympathetic controls... Uh, like I said, your, your heartbeat and stuff like that. It's your, n-
1: the normal aspect. Yeah, it just, ke- like keeps your you
0: homeostasis, right? Yeah, that balance that right. we all seek, that we don't know we're seeking. Uh, and then the sympathetic is if you have that fight or flight, or if you become excited, uh, in any way really, that's when that's gonna kick in.
1: Yeah, it's like normal gear and then high gear.
0: Yeah, but it's not always fear, you know, just any kind of excitement. Right. You could be super happy, it could be sexual arousal, That's all your sympathetic nervous system.
1: Right. And those two components make up the autonomic nervous system, which it kind of switches from one to the other, depending on your state of arousal, right? That's right. Um, But when fear has aroused you, um, uh, your sympathetic nervous system kicks into high gear um, and adrenaline is released, which is a huge factor in causing the symptoms of a panic attack. Like You you start breathing very heavily and, and shallowly. Um, your pupils dilate, You. Uh, w- we always used to say if you're digesting food, you stop doing that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Basically, all of your energy is transferred over to either fighting or flying. And in the case of a panic attack, it's transferred over to get you to be able to run away as fast as possible.
0: Yeah, which uh, can be a little scary. But in a real fear situation, if you're in danger, your parasympathetic nervous system is going to kick in and calm you down. But that is not what happens uh, in the case of a panic attack, which is really perplexing. So let's recap this. A panic attack
1: is when you experience this incredibly intense fear, so much so that you run away, but there's nothing there to be afraid of. And then, and then, to make everything a million times worse, your parasympathetic nervous system doesn't kick in and calm you down like it would under normal circumstances. So you get to experience this horrible thing
0: even longer. That's right. And uh, after this break, we are going to get into some of the potential causes of panic attacks.
1: Hey there. Are you thirsty? Well, before you take a sip, have you stopped to think about what's in your water? Many conventional bottled waters contain PFAS, harmful substances known as forever chemicals. But, you can drink water as clean as nature intended.
0: Richard's rainwater collects 100% pure, refreshing drops of rain. Yes, it really is rain, everybody. This rain is caught clean before it hits the ground or becomes polluted with pesticides and contaminants commonly found in groundwater.
1: Yep, Richard's rainwater is naturally pure with no need for harsh chemicals or additives. That means no added fluoride, no chlorine, no forever chemicals, no microplastics,
0: no nothing
1: 300,000 plus travel experiences to choose from means you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy.
0: That's right. You can also enjoy real traveler reviews to get insider information from people who've already been on the experience that you're considering. Plus, you get free cancellation that helps you plan for the unexpected.
1: Yeah, and Viator offers 24-7 customer service, so you know you'll get support at any hour if things aren't going as planned. So download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find the perfect travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
0: All right. So like I said before, breaking news from December of last year. They think they've isolated a gene. Uh, previous to that, they've some research has said it could be genetic because identical twins experience it more than fraternal twins, Mm -hmm. but it's always been sort of uh, up in the air. There have been contradictions as well of the genetic basis. They think
1: uh, it's also possibly epigenetic or environmental, like um, apparently one study found that a lot of people who have panic disorder had some sort of traumatic incident happen in their childhood. My friend from college did. Is that right? Yep. So they're thinking like possibly it had some sort of effect and set up like a time bomb for later on in life.
0: Yeah, the stored, uh, f- feelings that maybe you've never dealt with about some traumatic event, uh, are gonna, they're gonna rear their head at some point in your life in some way.
1: Yeah, or it just rearranged the, the neural output in your brain so that one day you're just set up when everything is f- just right. Yeah. That chemistry is flooding your brain in a certain way and then bam, it comes out of nowhere. You have a panic attack.
0: Yeah, uh, another theory is that they think if you have an over, uh, active fear, uh, system, like you basically have been scared too much in life, mm-hmm. or you're a scared person, then it's just gonna make it a hair trigger for something to set it off. Right. Uh, which makes a lot of sense. I think it could be a combo of a lot of things. Yeah. As usual.
1: Yeah. I wonder though what, what it will end up being though, if we'll find that there is one thing that, that leads to this predictably like, yeah, like there's gene. things
0: built up but then there's the actual trigger right yeah
1: and that's another thing too is they don't know what triggers these things they do know that a panic attack being worried about having a panic attack yeah can actually trigger a panic attack yeah absolutely i feel so bad for people uh, with panic disorder this is like a terrible affliction yeah because you do become very much afraid that you're going to have another panic attack, yep, so that can set off a panic attack, but it also can set off a comorbidity called agoraphobia, sure, where you are afraid to leave your house, yeah, but you're also afraid to be alone and I read this um this article that was from the eighties nineteen eighty seven and they were saying like the um the freudists, the Freudists, followers of Sigmund Freud, <laughs> yeah. We're saying, um, oh, well, clearly, if you're an agoraphobic, you don't want to go outside because that's where sexual desire is. Yeah. And you don't want to be alone because you're worried that you will, like, abuse yourself. Right. So, agoraphobia. And everybody went, boo, sit down, shut up. Freudies. Yeah. And, um, so nowadays they, they have realized that agoraphobia is almost, it, almost exclusively the result of panic disorder oh really yeah and it's because you you uh, you fear the place that you had a panic attack so you don't want to go there again yeah and then maybe it happened again at the grocery store so you don't want to go there and it happened you don't want to be alone but you don't want to be around strangers so you cling to your family members yeah and now all of a sudden you're not living your life anymore yeah you're developing phobias because of your panic attacks and your association with them like if you're on an elevator and you have a panic attack you're not getting on an elevator again. Right. You've just developed a phobia for elevators, and so all of a sudden you're not going to be working at a place where you might normally work because you have to take the elevator to, to get there. Or you
0: develop a love of stairs.
1: R- right. But then R- what
0: if you're, <laughs> you don't like confined spaces at all, like a stairwell either? Yeah. Yeah. You ever been locked in the stairwell here at the building? Yeah. I mean, you just walk down <laughs> however many flights. <laughs> so you're at the lobby? Yeah. Oh, you can get out down there? Yes. Oh, okay. That's
1: yeah, yeah. Now. You're not actually locked in. You just have to walk all the way down. I actually the... just call you and say, let me in.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, another theory is that when you're super tired um, and overworked, was when a lot of times when these are set off, uh, your brain is producing sodium lactate or CO2. And when those levels increase, your brain uh, says, you know what? I think you're suffocating. And so I'm going to send a signal to get you a lot more oxygen and I th- I found this uh really sad case of this uh woman, a university student, uh, who died from a severe asthma attack like three days ago, uh, and she had had a history of asthma and then told uh the medics that she was going through like final exams and she'd been having panic attacks uh for in the weeks like preceding. So breathing is a huge part huge. of of panic attacks and as evidenced by her, if you have asthma, it's, uh, can be deadly, which is super, super scary and sad. That's sad. Yeah.
1: Um, then one other, I guess there's a neurological basis they believe for people who have panic attacks. People who suffer from panic disorder tend to have fewer serotonin receptors. Yeah. And apparently also, um, GABA, which helps us get to sleep, it's called a gamma immunobutyric acid. Let's call it GABA. Yo, GABA. Um, those two have some sort of role in, um, panic disorder. Like, you don't have enough serotonin and your body's not producing enough GABA, you may be prone to panic disorder.
0: Uh, they, you know, there isn't like a specific type of person that necessarily gets a panic attack. It can happen to anyone, but, um, usually, it happens if uh, in your, you're in your 20s, mm-hmm. uh, although they say kids can get it as well, have a panic attack or a disorder. Um, twice as many women have a panic disorder, uh, develop one as men, which is pretty interesting. Um, and like you said, just the fear, like having had one before, that fear can lead to more. So it's very cyclical.
1: Yes. And you know, um, that one paper from 87, I, I can't tell if it was arguing in favor of... Panic disorder being like an evolutionary adaptation yeah, and like possibly beneficial. Or if they were saying like, some people think this, can you believe this? But they were, one of the points that this guy made was, well, twice as many women have panic disorders as men. Right. So clearly it's an evolutionary adaptation because women wouldn't have had to have gone as far away from camp while they were gathering food. As right. men, yeah, sure. So men couldn't stand to have a panic attack, or they couldn't, it wouldn't be an adaptation for men, right? It would be for women. Plus, women can't run as fast when they have kids to carry, so they need to be on alert a little more. Gotcha. It's just, it just smelled like bunk, yeah. 1987 bunk. Yeah, that's.
0: <laughs> that was a big year for bunk. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you do, uh, have a panic disorder, you may have a hard time getting your family to understand it. Um, Sometimes they overreact and think it's, like, way more severe than it is. Um, sometimes they underreact and say, uh, you know, it's all in your head. Right. Like, just calm down. Um, but either way, saying, boy, you're nuts, or <laughs> you just need to relax, neither one of those is going to help out yeah. a loved one. Chill out.
1: There's no lying. Yeah. It one doesn't th- help.
0: <laughs> one thing I've learned in uh, arguments and fights with my wife is, and, um, boy, I learned this early on, is, Saying telling someone to relax never causes someone to relax. No, it's it does like not. the worst thing you can do if something's heated is to say just relax. It is true. That's just going to ramp it up. Yes. So that's my advice for uh, couples out there, in any relationship really.
1: It's good advice, Chuck.
0: Thank you. Um, there is a silver lining to
1: all this, in that panic disorder is actually highly treatable. It's the the treatments that they've come up with are pretty successful and we will talk about those treatments right after this.
0: All right. So you mentioned that uh, they are treatable. They have found success rates through medication mm-hmm. and therapy, uh, which seem to be about the same uh, as far as how effective they are, between sixty and ninety percent of the time. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad at all. So that's the good news.
1: So there's three. There's three um, typical methods of treatment: um, antidepressants, yeah, anti-anxiety pills, yeah, and therapy, yeah and you might use them you know independent of one another in conjunction with one another i also saw beta blockers some people use beta blockers to treat them but they're not quite sure what's going on with that
0: i've used uh those before live performances those are the ones i read about that um
1: you gave me one and i was like a useless worm <laughs> yeah it didn't affect me like that i i was i just like totally
0: lost my personality i wasn't nervous but i didn't do anything well, I've gotten used to live performing now, so I don't need them anymore, but right. I got that tip from, uh, apparently a bunch of, uh, musicians, uh, like in symphonies and stuff use them. And I was like, well, if a first chair violinist, if it's good enough for them, then <laughs> right. give me some beta blockers. Yeah. But it worked for me, but like I said, I'm overall that I enjoy being on stage now.
1: So with, uh, SSRIs. Yeah. Which is what you moved on to from beta blockers, right? No, I'm not on it. <laughs> so with SSRIs, um, those are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And they do exactly what they sound like. You've got a bunch of serotonin receptors in your brain. If you have panic disorder, you may have fewer serotonin receptors in your brain. Yeah. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter that helps basically stabilize your mood by either causing a neuron to fire or inhibiting a neuron to fire in this really beautiful, perfectly balanced chemical reaction, right? Yeah. So if you have fewer of these receptors than normal, you're going to be comparatively out of balance. What an SSRI, an antidepressant does, is it allows the serotonin to kind of stay in your synapses a little longer than is normal so that you are releasing a little more serotonin than you would under normal circumstances. And it's proven pretty effective for um, for panic disorder.
0: Yeah. I mean, they work wonders for a lot of people for a lot of reasons, um, but not everyone, and they can cause a lot of negative uh, side effects. Uh, so obviously, you know, work with your doctor on a program, and it takes them a little while, like two to four weeks to begin working. Right. Uh, for a panic attack, um, an anti-anxiety drug like Xanax might be a little more effective because that is, uh, immediately hits you. It is a tranquilizer.
1: Benzodiazepine, right?
0: Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's Xanax is going to help chill you out immediately, but you can get hooked on those things pretty quick. Yeah. And they're, uh, dangerous to quit cold turkey. And, um, yeah, it's, it's not the best thing to go to Xanax a lot. Well, yeah,
1: they, they say that you should, um, basically, if you if you undertake an SSRI regimen you can conceivably stay on it for years yeah uh, if you undertake uh, anti-anxiety or benzodiazepine regimen like it, it shouldn't last for more than a couple of weeks or month yeah from what I understand yeah because of the dependency and again you want to like really do all of this with like a, a um, qualified competent doctor's assistance sure not a doctor's
0: assistant. Doctor's assistant.
1: It depends if it's a qualified, <laughs> competent doctor's assistant who can write prescriptions who yeah. you
0: trust. Go for it. That's true. Uh, and then there's therapy, of course, the old CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, which we've talked about a bunch. Mm-hmm. But um, that is, uh, they're going to, sort of the process is going to play out like this. They're going to teach you about your panic disorder, right? which is a big step if you understand something. Uh, you can overcome it more easily, I think uh they're going to monitor you and you're going to self-monitor and record your symptoms and when they happen and why they happen what the circumstance was uh breathing like we mentioned is a huge part of it um, anything from meditation to just regular breathing exercises which we'll give you some tips on that in a minute too yeah are going to help you out and then the old exposure to uh situations and this is once you've rethought like your what your approach is going to be like here's your new outlook and now here's a situation that might give you a panic attack. How do you feel?
1: Yeah. Uh, or like if you had a panic attack in an elevator, like they may tell you to imagine you're in an elevator, yeah. your therapy might progress until you're actually in an elevator yeah. and you're chilling out. Uh, and the hope is that if, if you can undergo exposure therapy to that degree, it will get you over your panic attacks in general. Another aspect of it, Chuck, is rethinking. Yeah. Uh, and that is basically accepting the fact that you have panic attacks. Apparently, if you can say, I'm having a panic attack, or I have panic attacks, and you acknowledge it to yourself and to other people, yeah. it immediately turns down the volume on the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I noticed some similarities in uh, someone guiding th- someone through an LSD trip mm-hmm. and guiding someone through a panic attack. Yeah, It's interesting. A lot of it is like understanding, like, I am having an acid trip. I am not having a good time. It's mm. the same thing as I'm having a panic attack and this is no good. Right. And if I understand that, then I can uh, calm down more easily.
1: Yeah. Keeping it in just leads you to freak out more. Exactly. Um, so that's CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. And um, if you if you undergo therapy and you're still suffering from panic attacks, the, apparently being discouraged is a real problem with people with panic disorder yeah, because you can still suffer them even if you're doing everything right. Um, and so a lot of people have learned to cope and there's some pretty common coping techniques for panic disorder. And like you said, b- the heart of the whole thing is breathing. Like when you suffer a panic attack, you start breathing shallowly and quickly and um, you can hyperventilate. What you want to do is breathe from your diaphragm and th- you can actually practice this in the times when you're not having a panic attack.
0: Yeah. If you're a singer, you know how to breathe with your diaphragm. But if you're not, uh, what you can do is lie down on your back, uh, put some pillows under your head and knees, and um, put a hand on your stomach and a hand on your chest, and then practice breathing uh, and making your hand on your stomach move without the hand on your chest moving.
1: Right. And then f- tap the hand on your stomach while you make a circle
0: with the hand on your chest when you're really advanced. <laughs> wow. That's pretty impressive. Uh, and then another thing you can do is just literally like put a weight on your stomach and make Nothing sure too you're... heavy.
1: No. Like a book. Sure. Yeah. Like a nice atlas. Something that you can see going <laughs> up and down when yeah. you're breathing with your diaphragm. That's right. Um, and you want to just kind of breathe in the good,
0: exhale the bad. Yeah, like I'm having a panic attack. This will pass. Yeah. I know this will subside. Uh, this is a temporary feeling, is and, what you should be saying to yourself. And if you're a person
1: who's like out in public and you see somebody having a panic attack, you basically want to do the same thing that they're trying to do for themselves. You want to remain calm. You want to tell them that it's going to be over with pretty soon, that everything's okay, they have nothing to fear. Um, it, yeah. You don't want to tell them to chill out, though.
0: No. Uh, guiding someone through relaxation is different than saying chill out, by the way. Right. Very different. Uh, they do recommend that you um, – if you have a problem with with attacks in general or if you have a disorder, you should exercise a lot. Uh, you should practice um, – they don't call it meditation, but that's really what it is, is deep breathing and relaxation. It's called mindfulness these days, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I think that's what they call it. Because meditation turns people off, probably. I guess. Interesting. Uh Cut, cut out the caffeine and sugar and nicotine. That's that, a big one. Yeah, that's not going to help you at all, hmm. uh, doing all those things. Uh, and, you know, if this stuff is stuff that's building up inside of you, which it often is, learn how to express yourself a little more and um, and talk about your issues. Um, I know that in both of my cases, my buddy in college, it was during finals week, and I had gone to bed and my roommate and another dude had were out in the living room staying up and one of them came and woke me up and he's like dude he's having a heart attack he's having a heart attack mm-hmm. and um i didn't know anything about panic attacks so we took him to the hospital of course and that's all it was it was a panic attack he calmed down i think um i think they might have given him something there uh, med- uh some sort of medication to calm him down probably benzodiazepine yeah probably like a good shot in the arm of that stuff and he was like
1: oh i'm fine right
0: uh with emily's case she had been under a lot of stress and was and driving back from Akron, Ohio to Atlanta, uh, I think she went to get, I think she went to get some furniture or something. So she was in a, a, a truck, like a moving truck.
1: Oh yeah, that's a stressful event.
0: Had been drinking caffeine like crazy, like she does. And, um, basically, uh, started to have trouble breathing on the highway, going like 80 down the highway mm-hmm. and had to pull over, called me and, you know, I, I calmed her down. I was like, all right, now, Let's get back on the road. See how you do. She got back on the highway and immediately freaked out again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I flew to Cincinnati and <laughs> went to her hotel and drove her home. Nice, yeah. I mean, there was really no choice at that point. Yeah. Uh You know, when it's your wife, you plus it was a, a good opportunity to, to get on the white horse, you know, and ride in and save the day. Oh, I that white everyone, horse! I think everyone loves those opportunities, you know. Yeah, for sure. And it's not. And I've always also wanted to run to the airport say, like, give me a one-way ticket to somewhere. <laughs> that's Out of time. my way. <laughs> yeah. I don't have time for your body scan. Pretty much. That's how it happened. So she checked herself into a hotel, and I went there and had some nice Cincinnati skyline chili. <laughs> and then the next morning, we hit the road. Nice. Yeah, it was good. It's a good story. And she hasn't had one since then. Thank goodness. Despite, like, uh, you know, she she has a lot of anxiety, just as a human. Yeah. But um, no panic attacks. Yeah. So it, I definitely have seen the things i saw in this article in both of them whether it was during finals like the things going on in her life at the time were super stressful mm-hmm. uh, i think the trigger was she doesn't like see great at night or in the rain when she's driving mm-hmm. and i think all these things compounded um and just played out to where she felt like she was having a heart attack gotcha and so did my friend but uh i guess we should mention that uh, there are some telltale signs of a heart attack
1: yeah that's a big Big one.
0: Yeah, that you can recognize the difference. Um, Because you don't want to actually
1: be having a heart attack and and be like, oh, it's just a panic attack. Just breathe. Right. Just
0: breathe (laughs) while you're dying. Right. Um, Here are a few tips from the American Heart Association. Uh, Pressure in the center of your chest that persists longer than a couple of minutes or goes away then returns. Uh, Shortness of breath. Pain in the arm or upper body. Uh, You might feel nauseous or faint. And... Of course, if you're ever in doubt, call 911 because like you said you don't want to be having a heart attack thinking it will subside. No there will be egg on your face. Well
1: yeah. to say the least exactly. Uh, if you want to know more about panic attacks and panic disorder, type either one of those w- sets of words into the search bar at how stuff works and it'll bring up this article and since I said that it's time for listener
0: mail. I'm going to call this Basement Fear. Uh, hey, guys. I know most listeners know your podcast is great for learning and entertainment, but I found another purpose. Distraction from stress-induced irrational fears.
1: Oh, this sounds familiar. We were just talking about this kind of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: And I didn't even realize it when I picked this out. How about that? It's called <laughs> Serendipity. Um, I grew up in a house with a creepy gross basement where we did laundry, and it never bothered me. Uh, my fiancé, James, and I recently moved into a house with a non-creepy and non-gross basement but I think the stress of planning a wedding is getting to me because when I need to go down into the basement to do laundry, I nearly have a panic attack, imagining a person lurking in the basement. Uh, I've started playing an episode of Stuff You Should Know on my iPhone and carrying it in my pocket when I need to go down to the basement. Stay back, spirit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we literally accompany her into the basement, which I think is hysterical. Yeah. Uh, I am busy enough enjoying your humor and information uh, that I don't get as overwhelmed by this irrational fear think it may even be waning now so i continue to make myself go down into the basement and see that my fear is not really based in any reality at all uh that's cbt that's exposure therapy yeah right? boom nice uh also before this weird basement fear popped up i long called you guys my cleaning crew because i listened to episodes while doing my chores and that is from kelsey in kansas city kansas not kansas city missouri missouri and uh kelsey good luck with that and um just don't look behind that door <laughs> that, that was over helpful. near the washing machine. <laughs> that was very helpful. Just kidding, Kelsey. There's nothing down there. And just take us with you. We'll, we will protect you. Yeah. Spirits the spirits don't like us. No. The
1: podcast is coming from inside the house.
0: <laughs> uh, if you want to get in touch
1: with Chuck or me, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can send us an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.